Hello, I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. Hi, I'm Shell Shearer, author of Urban Fantasy and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Hi, today we've got with us Barb Goffman, an award-winning short story author. Welcome, Barb. Hello. So... You are an award-winning short story author, which I find fascinating because I don't really do short stories. Like, I can't seem to write at that scale. So I have 10 billion questions for you. (laughs) You get six. Six questions. (laughs) Six? That's it? There's a limit? Oh, I should have been prepared. Okay. So my first question is, how did you decide on short stories? Is that your natural length or did you have to do some experimentation to say, oh, yeah, this is what I do? When I started writing crime fiction, I was writing a novel and I wrote 11 chapters and then I stopped because I got stuck. And then I wrote another novel that is in a drawer and then I started writing short stories and I'm like, oh, I like this. Okay, Um, so it did take a little bit of experimentation. What was it about short stories that you liked better than novel writing? Um, I like being able to do a lot of different things. I like being able to start and finish quickly. I, I, I like being able to have more things published much more quickly than a novel can ever be. Well, I guess these days a novel can be published quickly if you do it yourself. But, you know, writing a novel takes a lot of time. And just writing a short story doesn't. And I'm trained as a journalist, so... Fast turnaround is something that I like and understand. <laughs> no, I can see that. So have you never been tempted to pull up those novels again or maybe dip into one? Or are you now committed to just short stories? I'm pretty committed. Okay. When I, I after I was a journalist, I was a lawyer. And then after I was a lawyer, before I started being an editor full time, I pulled out my novel the second one, the one I finished, and I edited it, and I was happy with it, and I sent it off to the MWA St. Martin's contest, mm-hmm. and I didn't win, and I put it back in the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So you give it one shot. <laughs> I think it's probably one edit away from being ready to go out. At least that's what I thought seven years ago, but... <laughs> I just have no interest in working on it. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, you definitely are exceeding well at short stories. There's no reason to go back to novels or, or reopen it if it's it's not the thing that's pulling to you. Um, so I know that you submit to a lot of anthologies. Um, do you prefer having that kind of set theme? Or do you like writing what you come up with originally? Not that the other ones aren't original as well, but you know what I mean. No set theme in time. Uh, I, I could go either way on those. I mean, okay. set themes are good to for inspiration sometimes, mm-hmm. but I also like coming up with my own ideas. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I I end up writing a lot of stories for anthologies, and then I finish them, and I don't send them in. I send them to Laura Queen and Alfred Hitchcock instead. So you use the anthology almost as just a prompt for your own thinking. Well, I, I, don't, I, I never intend that when I start. But then mm-hmm. I finish the story and I think, this is really good. Maybe I can get this into Ellery Queen. It's worth <laughs> trying. So I send them off there most of the time instead. 
lately. Do you remember your first short story? Like, do you remember getting published for the first time and what that felt like? I'm sure I do. My memory isn't what it used to be, though. Let me think. <laughs> first short story was Murder at Sleuthfest. It came out in Chesapeake Crimes 2 in 2005. But I honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember when it came out. I don't remember that. Oh, that's sad. Well, you've done so many. It's just, I'm looking at your published stories here, and it's such a long list. Well, it's been 15 years, so. But even still, that's that's quite a quantity of stories that you've had officially published in anthologies and magazines. Um, is there anyone that you're most proud of that you got into, or any particular award that you were most proud of getting? Oh, it's like um, choosing among your children. <laughs> I mean, you know, getting into Alfred Hitchcock, that you know, that was my first big sale, and, and that was huge for me. Um, and then when I finally, you know, broke through that barrier and I sold this story to Ellery Queen, I, I was, you know, I was delighted. And, of course, you know, winning the Agatha Award was a dream come true, and the first big award I ever won was the McCavity Award. I remember when they called by name, I just kind of sat in the audience like a deer with the deer in the headlights. <laughs> they literally had to call my name again and go, is she here? <laughs> and everyone at your table was like get up go <laughs> that is amazing that that i remember at least thank god could someone make a, a living full-time writing short stories do you think uh, maybe i mean ed hoke used to make a living writing short stories but i mean he was writing short stories for for decades and you know, long ago, short stories used to pay a lot better. And, and by the time short stories weren't paying as well, he was at Hoke. So he was probably making more money than most everybody else. I think Michael Bracken, maybe, but he, he also makes money from editing. So I think it would be pretty hard to make a living only writing short stories, at least, at least in crime fiction. If, if you were looking at sci-fi, there are a lot more anthologies and they pay better. Really? Yeah. I hadn't realized that there was different pay rates for different genres. So did you choose mystery writing or did mystery writing choose you? I guess uh, I guess it chose me. I, I've, I've always read crime fiction and that is what inspired me to start writing. Who is your favorite crime fiction writer aside I, from yourself? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I, I, I don't. I mean, I have a lot of authors I like. Tell Me a New Drew, Spencer Fleming's coming out and I'm happy. And, and ditto for Louise Penny and a lot more, but I couldn't pick a favorite. Okay. Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie? Oh, God, I'm going to go to hell for this. Neither. <laughs> neither. She said neither. Why? Oh, I'm going to go to hell. We won't tell anyone except the people that listen to this. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, I have only read one Agatha Christie and I didn't like it. What? <laughs> really? And I have never read Sherlock Holmes. But I did see young Sherlock Holmes when I was a teenager and I liked that movie. <laughs> so, so not even any of the movies that are based on any of these people? You've never really watched any of those either? It had like a... This is the one I like better? I watched the movie of the book that I had read of Agatha Christie, thinking maybe I'll like the movie better. Didn't like the movie either. (laughs) 
wait, wait, stop. Which which Agatha Christie did you read? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> You're not going to say. Okay. Well, okay. So I actually like this answer because I feel like in a lot of genres, there are kind of the gi- the giants of the genre, right? The people who like, oh, well, you have to like this person to write in this genre. And I love that you are flipping that <laughs> and just saying, I don't like these. I prefer, you know, modern mystery writers. Like, that's really cool. Well, good, because it's true. (laughs) (laughs) I was on a panel, uh, I don't know, five, seven years ago, and the moderator sent us questions in advance. And one of them was, like, talking about, you know, your favorite Golden Age mystery writer and and how it influenced you. And I'm like, yeah, I can't answer that question. I don't have any of those. You're like, let me skip that one. Next question, please. That's awesome. Let me ask you this. How do you describe your style of mystery writing? Because there are lots of different kinds of mysteries, right? So, like, what is your your niche, or do you have one? Oh, I don't know if I have a niche. I, I, I think a lot of people would know me or think of me as somebody who writes a lot of light, funny mysteries, and I do those. But that's not all I do. So, Cozy's but you also write some more harder crime fiction. I, I, I don't know if I've ever written anything with a lot of gore on the page, mm-hmm. but you know, I have a noir story coming out in December. I, I've, I've written some darker stuff, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess lighter things are more my style. Anything set in a family, you know, more family oriented stories, are they all current day, or do you like historical at all, or do you cross genres ever? The farthest back I've ever written a story is one set in 1962, and that's coming out in January, February issue of Alfred Hitchcock. I, I don't generally go back in time because that requires a lot of research. Okay. I, I know what's going on in the present. I can remember, you know, I, I can remember what was going on in the 80s, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, Going back beyond when I was born makes things difficult. And you asked me something else, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, do you cross genres at all, like a paranormal mystery or a science yeah, fiction mystery? Uh, I've done that. My the story that sold my first story that sold to Albert Hitchcock was I call magical realism mystery. My main character was the head of everything magical that happens in New Jersey, um, and she was an elf. <laughs> That's and awesome. Santa <laughs> told her that he wasn't going to come that year because Jersey was too dangerous. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> she had to solve a series of murders in order to make him come. There was a lot of magical realism stuff going on, but the mystery itself was solved using actual normal crime-solving techniques. Because detecting. Was, yeah, thank you, detecting. What a good word. <laughs> so there's that. And, and I edited an anthology that came out last December called Crime Travel, and those were all... Um, crime stories involving time travel. Oh, do you do anything to promote your stories once they're in a magazine or in an anthology? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm big on Facebook, so you'll see me promoting there. Uh, I blog every third Tuesday at Sleuthsayers. So if I have something come out, I will often try to figure out a way that I can talk about something on the blog and tie my story in to what I'm talking about. Clever marketing. And thank you. Um, Yeah, that's (laughs) usually about it. I I don't do any other social media. But you do do some of the Sisters in Crime or other types of library gatherings. 
I know because oh, when we had Chesapeake crimes, they had it come and come out. I had to get up there and stand and talk on the same day you did. And I was nervous wrecked and you helped me through it. So, um, okay. Well, that, that's true. I mean, our local sisters in crime chapter does um, a mystery author extravaganza every year. Um, yeah, I, I do those. I do things like that. I do occasionally speak at libraries, although obviously not recently. So for someone that wants to maybe stick with just short stories, do you have any recommendations on how they can get published or the best way to get into the short story market? Uh, well, I would join the Short Mystery Fiction Society, which is a... Didn't um, know that existed, but okay. <laughs> it's an online group. So and joining is free. And you'll get a chance there to meet other people who also write short crime fiction. And you'll see anthology calls listed. So it's a way to see what your options are. Nice. I would just, you know, write and submit and write and submit. And the more you write and the more you read, read in the genre, the better you get. I mean, you know, so much of this is, is practice. Oh, you mentioned kind of as you were talking about marketing, you mentioned soothsayers. For those of us who aren't huge mystery readers, what is soothsayers? Actually, it's sleuthsayers, S-L-E-U-T-H-S-A-Y-E-R-S.org. And it's a blog. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> So um, everybody on Soothsayers is a short story writer. The, the discussions are not solely about short stories, but there's a lot of that. Well, great. Well, thank you for joining us today, Barb. Is there anything you'd like to tell us that's coming out here soon and where people can find it? Uh, sure. I, I have a story in the current issue of Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine. Um, I'm blanking on what it is right now. <laughs> Can I just pause and tell you that I think that that is incredibly exciting to be in Alfred Hitchcock's magazine. Like, I don't write mystery, but if I did, that would be my goal project. Like, I want to get an Alf Alfred Hitchcock's mystery magazine. Please tell me you do like Alfred Hitchcock. Bob. <laughs> sure. Why not? Could you please look it? <laughs> okay. You mentioned something coming out in, like, December, January. Um, do you remember which one that one is? And then um, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. What, what do I, I? Oh, okay. So the story that's in the current issue, which is the November December issue, is Eat, Drink, and Be Murdered, and that is a whodunit um, involving a mis um, involving a newspaper that decides um, it needs to try to increase circulation and advertising, as all do newspapers do these days. So it starts running edgy restaurant reviews. And somebody's not happy about that. Dun-dun-dun. Hmm. <laughs> so that's out currently. And in the September-October issue of Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine, I had a story called Dear Emily Etiquette, which was a, an epistolary story uh, written between an advice columnist and an etiquette advice columnist and a woman invited to a wedding, but only she brings a date. So she's unhappy about that stipulation. And Me that too. story is available online that I read on the Elder Queen podcast, so anybody can listen to it. In January, I have stories coming out both in Elder Queen and Alfred Hitchcock. That Poor Woman is going to be in the Elder Queen issue, and then in Alfred Hitchcock, a story called I Should Have Prepared for This. I can't, <laughs> think, of, I can't think of what it is. But wait, I, I'm at my computer. La, 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 la. I will tell you in just a second. 
that's okay. She asked me what the title of my book was last week. And I'm like, don't know. Totally blanking on the title. <laughs> a Family Matter. Um, so that's in the January, February, Alfred Hitchcock. I was on a panel at Belshercon a couple years ago. And I'm sitting right next to Art Taylor. God love him. And this was for the Anthony's and nominated stories. And we were just being introduced and they got down to me at the end of the line. And I'm supposed to say and my nominated story was, and I completely blanked. And everyone in the audience is laughing because they think I'm making a joke, but I literally had no clue. And Art whispers the title to me and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, be sure and check out all of Barb's stories. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much for having me. I, I enjoyed this very much.